This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Democrats have a dangerous amount of influence in Washington, D.C. That's what we're going to talk about on the show today. My name is Walker Wildman. This is Exposing Washington on the American Family Radio Network. We're here to expose and to inform you about everything going on in Washington, D.C., in our nation's capital, and how our federal tax dollars are being spent in the Beltway, as it's called. Exposing Washington, American Family Radio. Glad to have you with us this Saturday afternoon. we got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about Medicare for All, whether it's a good idea or not. We're also going to talk about how the Democrats can't even uh, can't even govern uh, correctly in the House of Representatives because their left wing uh, part of their base just keeps pulling them farther left, and so that 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 ties directly into the subject of today's show about how the Democrats and the far left are very dangerous for our country. We're going to talk about several other things, and I'll take a couple of your questions toward the latter end of this show. Once again, if you would like for me to answer your questions. On the show, you can email me your questions, exposingwashington at AFR.net, exposingwashington at AFR.net. That's my email address. comes directly to my inbox, and I'll try to get to as many questions as I can uh, as the weeks go on. But, you know, uh, uh, one last thing before, before we move into the subject is you can keep up with the show by visiting our website, AFR.net. AFR.net is the website. And you can click on the podcast link and you can listen to all the shows you hear on AFR. And you can catch this show, of course, Exposing Washington podcast page at AFR.net. And I'm on Facebook. Just type in my name, Walker Wildman, on Facebook and Twitter. And the show is on YouTube, Exposing Washington YouTube channel. But, you know, these Democrats are moving moving farther and farther left. And what the term means when I say lib- when, when we use the term liberal or left or left wing, Here's what we're talking about, folks. We're talking about the Democrats and how their party ideologically is moving farther and farther and farther towards socialism, communism, Marxism, and all these dangerous top-down approaches to government and society that historically have proved uh, to fail. We've, we see this in China. We see this currently in Venezuela. We see this in Europe. I mean, we see this throughout all of human history where a top-down government-run economy, high taxes, high regulation, police state tactics, little individual liberty, these things prove to be horrible when it comes to human rights and the quality of life. We're going to talk a lot about that today. But that's what I'm talking about when I say liberal, left-wing, so-called progressive. That's what I'm talking about. These dangerous government-controlled policies 
uh, that lead to uh, uh, people's individual liberties being squashed. But, you know, the, the new thing on the block for the Democrats is this thing called Medicare for All, which is an absolutely horrible idea. And we're going to talk about this, you know. And, and another reason that the Democrats are so dangerous here, folks, is because they're so rabid. They're so ready to pounce on their agenda. All it takes is an election or two, and this country is headed in the absolute wrong direction. Uh, I want to play clip three here. This is uh, Senator Bernie Sanders, who's also running for president in 2020. He's the front runner. I want to play clip three and how Bernie Sanders presents this thing called Medicare for All. Let's listen. So first of all, I believe that health care is a human right, whether you're old or young or rich or poor. Everybody in the United States of America, richest country on earth, is entitled to health care as a right. Second of all, the current health care system that we have is completely dysfunctional. We are now spending almost twice as much per capita, $11,000 per person every single year twice as much as any other major country on earth. We pay by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. One out of five Americans can't even afford the medicine they need. And yet at the end of all of that, you got 30 million people without any health insurance and even more who are underinsured with high deductibles and high copayments. And then on top of that, you got parts of the country where people who do have health insurance can't even find a doctor. The function of the current healthcare system that we have to change is to make billions of dollars in profit for the insurance companies and the drug companies. I believe in a healthcare system that guarantees healthcare to all people in a cost-effective way, which is what Medicare for all is. All right, well, there you have it. That's Senator Bernie Sanders, and that's just a brief clip of him presenting his, what he calls, Medicare for all plan. And I just want to break this down, folks, because doesn't it sound so great? It sounds so kind and compassionate and just full of love and heart. You know, we're just going to cover everybody's health care expenses. Easy peasy. We're just going to take care of this. Look, we'll take care of it. $30 trillion over 10 years. No problem. We got this. We own the printing presses. I'm speaking cynically about how the government views this, how Bernie Sanders views this, you know, they, th- they, they present this as if it's a no-brainer. Like, it's Medicare for all. We're going to cover everybody's bills. All right, first off, let's break this down, folks. First off, the main point here, there is a difference between insurance, medical insurance, health insurance. There is a difference between health insurance and actual health care. A huge difference between health insurance and and health care just because you have great health insurance just because hypothetically you would have medicare for all government-run health insurance does not ensure great medical care two absolutely separate things do not get these confused health insurance is one separate thing health care is an entirely different all right health insurance deals with how it's going how the bills are going to be paid Health care goes into the treatments you're going to receive, the doctors you're going to see, things like that. So that's the first, first example here. The second thing is, let's just take a look at the Veterans Affairs Department. Let's take a look at the health care provided by the Veterans Affairs Association. 
Now, if you look at just the health insurance side of it, you say, that's great. That's great. We're covering health care costs for our veterans. How nice. That sounds great. But you look at the health care end of it, and it's third world. It's, it's like a third world system. It's impoverished. It's disgusting. People are dying. People are waiting months to receive treatments, months and years to receive surgeries. The actual health care side of it is horrific. But, oh, we cover the bills. The VA covers all the bills for veterans and, and, and wounded soldiers and people who've served in our military. And so that's important here. That's important to note. Let's look at the VA system, Veterans Affairs system. It is horrendous. It is horrendous. That's the first thing. Look at a real-life example. You want Medicare for all, Bernie Sanders? America, you want Medicare for all? Then our health care system is going to turn into the VA, where if you're older, then you wait years for surgery, and some people die waiting for treatment. That's uh, one modern example that we can look at is the horrible-run uh, VA. Now, don't get me wrong. I, I think we need to take care of our veterans. I am all in favor of taking care of our veterans. And yes, that means helping to foot the bill for our soldiers and our veterans. I am all in favor of that. I think that's a great, noble thing to do. But I think our veterans need to be able to go to see private doctors and pri go to private hospitals, private clinics, and receive private treatment. I think that's what we should do. I think that's what we should do. I think veterans ought to be able to go to whatever doctor they want and have those costs uh, covered, have those costs reimbursed, if you will. But forcing them to go and travel hours to these VA centers where they get pushed to the back of the line is a horrible, inefficient way to do things. But moving on to other cons, if you will, of this whole, you know, Medicare for all is once the government jumps into this into this health insurance business, which they really already are with Obamacare, but once they do a complete takeover of the health insurance industry, all the all the private run health care packages, health insurance packages, might I say, all the private run health insurance packages would go bankrupt because they would make it illegal. The Democrats want to make it illegal to ha to have a private health insurance plan. So all those big companies, they all go out of business. All their thousands and millions of employees would uh, be let go, would be fired. That's the second thing is all the red tape that would go into this. Moving on here to other uh, cons to this to this whole Medicare for all debate is this would this Medicare for all would immediately decrease wages of doctors. And it would also decrease wages for key executives in the health insurance industry and in the healthcare industry, both. Well, the health insurance industry from a private uh, point of view would be completely gone, completely gone. So it would completely uh, and immediately decrease wages of doctors. Guess what that's going to do, folks? That's going to mean low quality doctors stay in the profession. The high quality doctors, the high quality doctors would then leave the profession and go do something else because they're not getting paid enough. Because they're not getting paid enough, their wages would be cut. Why would their wages be cut? Because they would be getting subsidized and paid by the government instead of private citizens, private health insurance companies. And uh, moving on here, 
the as I mentioned, I hinted at this. Another con to this whole deal is that waiting times would implode. The time you have to wait for treatment, for surgery, to see a doctor, those waiting times would, would, would implode, would explode. You would wait months, day. you would at least wait days, months, even sometimes years to receive treatment or to receive surgery for various illnesses. And why is that? Because the healthcare industry would be flooded. The healthcare industry would be flooded. Mark my word. And you say, well, wh- wh- what's different than, than what we have now? Would it really be flooded? Why would it be flooded just because you do Medicare for all? The reason it would be flooded is because people, everybody and their mamas, that's a saying, which means everybody, would go to the emergency room, to these urgent care clinics, to the hospitals. They would flood them for these low-risk low illnesses. For these low-risk illnesses, like like a fever, or you know, I, I twisted my ankle, things that that right now, your average person goes, is it really worth going to the emergency room for for a twisted ankle, for example? Well, right now, if it were me, I would say, well, you know, does it feel broken? If it doesn't feel broken, let's put some ice on it, take some Tylenol, and go easy for a few days, and it'll heal. But you do this Medicare for all thing then everybody's just going to go, well, let's just go up to the emergency room. It's covered. It's paid for. So you have the emergency room flooded with people who aren't really in need of emergency treatment. So that's another thing. And then, you know, got all these, you know, all these illnesses, you get a, you get a, a, a mild fever. Let's just say you're running a 99 degree fever. Well, people right now would go, I know this is what I would say. 99 degree fever is nothing. Even a hundred degree fever is nothing. Take some, take some medicine, take it easy, and whatever you got going on will probably go away. Go, go get some over-the-counter medicine. But you do this Medicare for all business, then everybody's just going to go, well, let's just go up to the emergency room. Let's just go up to the doctor and get some free medicine because, after all, the government's going to foot the bill. Uh, the last thing I want to mention on this is, as far as the cons go, is that this Medicare for all would absolutely eliminate competition. It would eliminate competition. Why would it eliminate competition? Well, first off, all the private health insurance packages would go bankrupt. They would close shop. There would be no such thing as private health insurance. And secondly, these uh, these these doctors' offices, these these um, these hospitals would not have to compete for your business because there would be no health insurance companies to compete with and to, to try to accept their health insurance uh, coverage in order to bring in business, all of that would go away with, because Medicare for all would, of course, cover everything. And then a couple other notes I want to mention on this is that uh, to, to, to wrap this discussion up is a couple points. First off, health care is expensive. I will admit that. Health care is very, very expensive. But there's no way around it. There's no way around this whole this whole idea of healthcare being expensive. Yeah, could could some places lower their cost? Absolutely. I think that's you know that's what uh, I think that's that's reasonable to say. Whether the government should get involved, I don't agree with that. But could some places lower? So could some hospitals and doctors' offices lower their rates and still be fine? Yeah, probably so. But overall, healthcare is expensive because think about how much overhead goes into this. 
all the equipment, all the personnel, all the regulations, all the safety protocols, all this, all this overhead, it's expensive. Health care is expensive, but we have some of the best health care in the world. We have some of the best health care in the world. Uh, another thing I want to mention, really, I'm going to wrap this up with this. The last thing I want to say on this, you will hear the Democrats say that health care is a human right. Health care is a human right. And I, I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Health care is not a human right. We, in the United States, we have something called the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. The Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Health care is nowhere mentioned in either one of those. In either one of those. And so access, and so access to health care is not a human right. But let me add this. Access to health care is a matter of quality of life. And of course, as Americans... We want the best quality of life for our citizens, so we do need to make access to health care easier for Americans, but don't get into this business, into believing this business, that it's a human right. Because if you grant legitimacy to that argument, then the government can take it over, over and the government can so-called protect it uh, for the American citizens. Health care is not a human right. Access to health care is about quality of life, and we need to work to improve quality of life for Americans with the least amount of government intervention that we can get away with. Uh, I want to move on here, and we're going to talk about this whole sexual deviancy agenda. You know, last week we talked about the dangers of the so-called Equality Act and how they're wanting to squash down on the First Amendment, religious freedom, uh, freedom of conscience, etc. I want to play clip two here. This is the mayor of South Bend, Indiana. His first name's Pete. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But this mayor of South Bend, Indiana, is an, is an open homosexual. He's so-called, uh, quote-unquote, married to a man. This man is married to, to someone of the same sex. He's running for president in 2020, or at least he's, he's leaning that direction. I want to play clip two here and how he takes a jab at the vice president of the United States, Mike Pence. Let's listen. People talk about things like marriage equality as a moral issue. And it is certainly a moral issue as far as I'm concerned. It's a moral issue because being married to Chaston has made me a better human being. Because it has made me more compassionate, more understanding, more self-aware, and more decent. My marriage to Chaston has made me a better man. And yes, Mr. Vice President, it has moved me closer to God. Well, there you have it. That's the mayor of South Bend, Indiana, also leaning towards a run for president in 2020 for the Democrat side. And did you hear what he just said there? He bragged about his marriage, his so-called marriage, to this man. And then he took a jab at the vice president, Mike Pence, and said, yes, and this marriage, this so-called marriage, has drawn me closer to God. Folks, this is sickening. This is disgusting. This is this is depravity, moral depravity uh, to the extreme. Because now our country is accepting someone who's openly, actively engaged in sexually immoral behavior. We're allowing him to run for president. 
we're allowing him to run for president. And he's this guy's being embraced by all the Democrats, all the Democrat voters for the most part. And the last thing I, or, or the, the other thing I want to mention about this is that conservatives in large part are silent on this issue. We have gone silent on the issue of sexual uh, de- uh, deviancy, of homosexuality, and I think that's dangerous. I think the left has fear has pushed us into silence on this issue because they've they've beat us over the head metaphorically over this issue. They've bullied us into submission literally on this issue, and conservatives and Christians are kind of quiet on this. And I don't think it's a good thing. I don't think it's a good thing. And so we need to pay attention to this. And the reason I think this is very dangerous is because uh, you talk about judgment from God. You talk about judgment from God. Let's place an open, active, unrepentant homosexual in the White House and see how God treats this country. And see how God treats this country. I don't want to see that day. I don't want to see that day. And, uh, and, and so... We have to, conservatives have to be on, on top of this issue. Conservatives have to be on top of this issue. Our country does not need morally to have someone in the White House who is openly, actively, currently involved in sexually deviant behavior. We do not need that. And that standard applies across the board, Republican, Democrat, Independent, I don't care. Uh, the other thing I want to mention on that is that uh, the American Family Association is currently uh, put, putting together a, uh, a campaign against this Equality Act, this so-called Equality Act, and we're putting together a campaign to fight to keep President Trump's transgender ban in, uh, in the military. We're fighting to keep uh, the Equality Act dead, and we're fighting to keep President Trump's ban of transgenders in the military alive. And so I'll talk more about that on another show. But my point in bringing all this up about the Democrats and about this mayor in South Bend, Indiana, and about Medicare for all, I'm bringing all of this up to show you how, how rabid, how liberal, how out of control, and how unconsiderate the Democrats are when it comes to enforcing their agenda, carrying out their political agenda, and how they will stop at no cost to do it. How they'll stop at no cost to do it. And that's why, as I said at the beginning of the show, we're just one election away, one election away from the Democrats enforcing their um, their Marxist, communist, socialist agenda. And to my point about the Democrats being so out of touch with America, with middle America, you know, the Democrats are being largely run, largely controlled by the socialist wing of their party by the socialist wing of their party, and that is Bernie Sanders, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, etc. And the way I can prove that is the Democrats were planning to to pass some budget measures, some budget measures this past week, and it was kind of a status quo, if you will, budget. Well, the left wing, uh, the left wing of the Democratic Party the far left wing, they blocked this whole budget deal. They blocked this whole appropriation process because there wasn't enough left wing socialist policies included in this budget deal. There wasn't enough socialist policies, 
Marxist policies in this left-wing budget deal. And, you know, the, 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 the left wing of this party, they're going to hold their ground, unfortunately, and they're going to fight to push Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. I mean, the, the, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer are no moderates, might I add. But, you know, this Bernie Sanders uh, crowd in the Democrat Party, they're going to continue forcing the Democrats farther and farther down the tubes to the left against the Constitution. And we need to be careful uh, that that the American the American people don't let that happen. Another thing I want to bring up, and then I'm going to answer a few questions, is look, Stephen Miller is one is a, is a top advisor in the White House. Stephen Miller been with President Trump since day one in the White House, and he is excellent on various issues. He is excellent on national security issues. Stephen Miller is excellent on the immigration crisis at our southern border. But the left is going after Stephen Miller. They want to take Stephen Miller out. Why? Because Stephen Miller is rock solid on the Constitution. Stephen Miller is rock solid on national security issues. Stephen Miller is right in line with the middle America when it comes to uh, immigration policy. So the left wing, the Soros groups, the Democrats, they're going after Stephen Miller. They want to take him out. They want to get him out of the White House because he has President Trump's ear, and that's a good thing. So keep an eye on that, folks, and don't believe the lies of the media and the lies of the Democrats. I want to answer a few questions here. Uh, Susie emailed in a question. Susie uh, is in Rayford, North Carolina, um, or she lives in North Carolina. I'm not exactly sure what city. But Susan asked the question, shouldn't we get more qualifications required for Senate and congressional candidates? as in uh, required civics lessons, U.S. government classes, uh, lectures on the Constitution, etc. And uh, Susie goes on to talk about how we have uh, many elected officials who are completely uninformed when it comes to some of these basic issues. And my instinct, it sounds good, Susie, but here's my instinct. My instinct is no. I don't think we need various uh, civics and Constitution courses and U.S. government classes as a requirement to run for public office. Here's why. Because someone is going to have to determine what those, what those standards are, what those qualifications are, and my fear is that the liberals, that the Democrats will hijack that process and they will begin to propagandize candidates for public office for their own political gain and they will start teaching things that are contrary to the U.S. Constitution. So I think it should be up to voters uh, to make sure that they're electing knowledgeable, smart, articulate candidates to public office. I think the citizens need to be careful about who they send to Washington, and I think they need to set their own litmus test uh, when it comes to that. Exposing Washington American Family Radio Network, AFR.net is our website. If you'll go there, you can visit our podcast page in the top left-hand corner. Visit our website, listen to the show, and you can also listen live to American Family Radio 24-7-365. We'll be back next week with more of Exposing Washington.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.